0: Terry, thank you, choir, thank you, praise team, thank all of you for taking part in worship. So if you brought your Bibles, please turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We want to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, no doubt a familiar passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we'll look at verse, um, we'll look at verse 23 and um, we'll read through uh, verse 29. Hebrews, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. This morning I'm going to share a sermon entitled, The Lord's Supper, to remember and proclaim. The Lord's Supper, to remember and proclaim. If you would, please stand as we read God's Word together. His infallible, inspired, and errant Word. So these are His words to us. And so please take them to heart verse 23 1 Corinthians 11 for i have received of the lord that which also i have delivered unto you that the lord jesus the same night in which he was portrayed took bread which he was portrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and he said take eat this is my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me and after the same manner after he took the cup he also took the cup and when he had supped saying this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread, drink this cup. You do shew the Lord's death or show the Lord's death until he comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread, drink this cup of the, of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, discerning, not discerning, the Lord's body. Verse 30. For this cause, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. May we pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity we have to come into your presence today today. Thank you for the time of worship we've had. And now for a time to open your word. I pray, Lord, that you would guide me with your Holy Spirit. I pray that I may preach with, the, with the, your spirit. May, may I, I preach from my heart the words you've laid upon my heart. May I share it, may people hear it, and then may we apply it to our life. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. The Lord's Supper to remember... And to proclaim, if you'll notice, the Bible says that it was in the evening before his crucifixion. Scripture says the night in which he was betrayed, that 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 Jesus barred an upper room on Mount Zion, and he would take his disciples to that upper room, and there he would host the Jewish Seder meal or the Jewish Passover, as we have heard it called. And it was at the end of that Passover that Jesus instituted the New Supper to be done. As he said, do this in remembrance of me. And we call this memorial the Lord's Supper. Therefore, today, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you are a disciple of his, if you've been born again, if you've been regenerated, then you are invited to, along with all of us who are born-again believers, are invited to be guests around the table of the Lord. Just think for a moment. Believers throughout all the ages, believers, followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus Christ, have been gathering in homes, they've been gathering in catacombs, they've been gathering in churches, They've been gathered in basements. They've been gathered in prison cells uh, and a number of other places for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years to observe this meal. We've gathered here this morning. Now, why do we do it? Well, we do it to honor his request. When he says, do this in remembrance of me, there in verse 24. Literally, he says, notice, he says, do this. Now, in the Greek text, Uh, The word in Greek, do this, just one word for our words in English, do this. That word really in Greek denotes uh, an indefinite repetition. In other words, do it now and do it again and do it again and do it again and do it again. Now, most of us have a number of family albums at home. Uh, When our grandchildren come, they like to sit down and and look at... at, uh, Judy and, and well, our wedding pictures—they they enjoy seeing Papa at a much younger and much smaller than I am now, and they get a, they they enjoy looking at wedding albums. Now you have those at your house, no doubt. You have uh, vacation albums, and you have all different types of family albums. And you know those albums really uh, wouldn't mean much to anybody except to you. You really cherish those and. You look at them perhaps from time to time and uh, when, I, when I look at those pictures they bring to mind so many memories of years gone by, days gone by, years gone by and I enjoy from time to time just sit around and look at those albums. And so today when we look at this table this white tablecloth we look at this table we look at the elements under those trays we look at the, we look at the bread we look at the cup. As believers it should bring back some precious memories and so today as you gaze upon this table as a believer as a follower of Jesus as a disciple uh, we're reminded of the sacrifice that he made for you and for me we need to remember his death we need to remember why he died we need to remember how he was sacrificed upon the cross That you and I could have eternal life. And so we need to use this time this morning to just focus and remember what Christ did for us. First of all, I want to begin with an explanation. What is the Lord's Supper? Well, the Lord's Supper is an ordinance given by Christ to the church. An ordinance is a uh, a ceremony that Jesus uh, commands to the church to observe that tells the story of his death. It tells the gospel story. And so when we talk about an ordinance, it's just a ceremony that Jesus commanded to the church to observe. It tells the story of the gospel, a symbolic story as we look at the elements of the Lord's Supper. Jesus gave two ordinances for the church to observe. He gave the ordinance of baptism. The ordinance of baptism tells a story. tells a story how Christ came and how he died, how he was buried, and how he rose again. The baptism tells a story about our life. When we trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we died to sin. Sin no longer controls us. We, we died to sin, and then we were raised in newness of life when we came up out of the water. Just a symbol of what baptism means to the believer it symbolizes death it symbolizes a burial it symbolizes a resurrection so the lord's supper symbolizes jesus came he died and he on the cross accepted the full wrath of god upon himself for mankind's sin he died he shed his blood and it's his blood that cleanses us from our sin so jesus gives two ordinances baptism and he gives us the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. Now, in regards to baptism, baptism has nothing to do, the ordinance of baptism has nothing to do uh, with washing your sins away. I can remember several, several, several years ago, uh, a person came up out of the baptistry, and he turned to me and he said, there's a lot of sin in that water, really. You know, it has nothing to do with washing your sins away. All that's taken care of by the blood of Jesus. It's symbolic that you've trusted Jesus Christ, you were buried, followed his example in believers' baptism, died to sin, raised new as a new creature uh, in Christ. Likewise, the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper has no saving grace. When uh, When you drink, eat the bread... Uh, The element of the bread, and then drank the 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 juice that has no saving grace whatsoever. Now, some people believe it does, but it has no. According to the Bible, it has no saving grace, uh, none whatsoever. The bread is just a symbol of the Lord's body; the cup is a symbol of His shed blood. And so, you have an explanation. The Lord's Supper is an ordinance; it's a command given by the Lord Jesus for us to participate, to take part in, as believers in Christ, and it's a symbol of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a ceremony given by Christ to the church to tell the story of the gospel in a very symbolic way, so please remember that. Now, there are some important aspects of celebrating the Lord's Supper. I want to point these out to you in the Scripture. First of all, look at verse 24. Verse 24 says, and when he had given thanks, he break it. And he's speaking of the bread. Notice, after giving thanks, he breaks the bread. The phrase, he had given thanks, is very important. That's, a, that's an English phrase, but there's only one Greek word. That Greek word is, is eucharistes. Eucharistes is where we get the English word, develops the English word eucharist. It's a Eucharist, you hear that word from time to time. And so Eucharist means to to pray. And so the the first important activity in which the church is to participate at the time of the Lord's Supper is, is the Eucharistic, the activity of offering thanks to God for what He's done through Jesus Christ. So we pray, we pray, we cry out to God, we pray to God, we thank God for His marvelous salvation... That's found in Jesus Christ. The death of Jesus. Look at verse 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. He said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And so first, the aspect, we thank God for the marvelous salvation that's found in Jesus Christ. And after he gives thanks, he takes the bread and he breaks it. There in verse uh, 24, he says, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This was not his literal body. It's obvious it wasn't his literal body. When he said, this is my body, which is broken for you, it wasn't his literal body because he was standing there in front of them. But it was, it was not his literal body, but it was, it's a symbol of his physical body. So the first symbol of the Lord's Supper is the broken body of Jesus. Now, Psalm 34, verse 20 declares that no bones of Jesus Christ would be broken. And you well remember at the crucifixion, no bones of Jesus were broken. Uh, one of the last uh, parts of the crucifixion, the actions taken at the cross, is the Roman soldiers would come by and they would break the criminals' legs. And the criminals uh, would be dying of uh, uh, suffocation, and they would stand up on the little, on the little uh, block of wood they had nailed there, just to breathe better. And they'd come by and they would... Uh, They'd break their legs where they wouldn't be able to push themselves up where, they, where they'd be able to breathe. So they'd break their legs. But when they came to Jesus, Jesus had already died. And so his legs were not broken. Psalms thirty four twenty. David declared that no bones of Jesus would be broken, and they were not broken. But yet his body was broken. Now his body was broken in a, in a number of ways. His, his back was broken with scourging. Uh, with the cat of nine tails, the Roman officers would, would whip the one who would be crucified. And, and you had the cat of nine tails, and it, had, it was a whip that had several strings and had bone, had glass, uh, depending on uh, the type they would use, and it would, it would tear, it would rip the backs of those that were being beaten. And so his, his body his body was ripped, his body was torn, his body was broke uh, by scourging. His brow was broken uh, because of a crown of poison thorns placed upon his head. His, bra- his brow was broken. His cheeks were broken as his beard was ripped out, uh, and his face, no doubt, was just his face was nothing, perhaps nothing but blood. His cheeks were ripped apart and plucking of his beard. His hands, his feet, they were broken. His nails were driven in his hands and his feet. His, his side was broken and that the spear was pierced into his side. And so we, n- never, we never need to, to forget that the body of Jesus that, uh, that was broken for us. He was our substitute there on the cross. And so he, look at verse 24, he says, And when he had given thanks, he he break it, take eat. this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And then he takes the cup, verse 25. After the same manner also, he took the cup. And when he supped, he said, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. And so he takes the cup. He says, The cup is the, is the New Testament in my blood. Now remember, the Old Testament was sealed with blood, but it was sealed with animal blood. The Old Testament covenant was sealed with animal blood. And so here you have the New Testament. Verse 25, the cup of the New Testament. He says it's not animal blood, but it's sealed in my blood. Sealed in my blood. The word in there literally means the cost. It cost me my blood. This covenant of the New Testament. That you can have eternal life through faith, and through grace and faith that covenant is sealed in my blood. Not animal blood, but it's sealed in my blood. The new covenant that God makes uh, with, with men on the basis of grace through faith is sealed with the blood of Jesus. And so salvation is free. It is free, but it costs Jesus everything. It cost Him everything. And so the greatest bargain going today is salvation which Jesus purchased himself with his own blood. And so he purchased our salvation there on the cross with his blood. Now, if you'll notice verse 24 and 25, let's look at that together. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. Verse 25, after the same manner, after he took the cup, when he'd supped, saying this cup is the New Testament, uh, in my blood this do ye off as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now that word remembrance means consciously called to mind. Where you consciously call to mind something that's very important to you. He said, do this in remembrance of me. And so the definition tells us that, that when we come to worship, we have to set our minds, we have to think, we have to consciously think on the things of God. When you come to church on Sunday morning, you might, if you're not careful, you'll let your mind wander if you don't remember Jesus Christ. Some people come to church on Sunday morning. Perhaps they stay up all night on Saturday night. They get, late. They get up late on Sunday morning. They come rushing into a service. They kind of put their mind in neutral, and they just kind of coast for a while, for about an hour. Now, he says, listen, if, if, you're, if your mind's wandering, you need to think on Christ. If, if you're getting bored, you need to start thinking on Christ. You need to remember him. And so today of all days, you need to consciously call to mind how Jesus Christ suffered on the cross, how, how his body was bruised, how he was beaten, how he suffered, how he bled, how he died on the cross. He was willing to, to do that, that you and I might have eternal life. He was willing to do that to save a wretch like me and a wretch like you. We're all sinners. And Christ was willing to be our substitute on the cross. So there is a, there's an explanation. The Lord's Supper is an, is an ordinance. And it's a ceremony given, given by Christ to the church to tell the story of the gospel. There's the aspect of the Lord's Supper. We offer thanksgiving at the Eucharist. That's the prayer. Thanking God for what he did in his body and with his blood. Then there's participation of the congregation. Eating the common loaf and drinking from the common cup you see when we come together for the lord's supper everything should be right with our fellowship everybody should be at peace with god and should be at peace with each other because we have a we have a a common fellowship when we come together i mean we're in fellowship we participate in in the common loaf you know uh, in the early church, they just had a loaf of bread, and they'd pass that bread, and people, and some churches do this today, they would just pinch off a piece of the loaf, and, and that, that was a symbol of we're in fellowship. We're eating from a common loaf. And then a cup, they would only have one cup. I think one year, Brother Mike might have been on the trip, but we went to Romania, and Romania had a common loaf, and they had a common cup. I wanted to be first when they passed the cup, but they had a little—they had a little towel they sent along with. Remember that they had a little towel they sent along with the cup. You'd pull off the bread and then you'd sip off the cup, and then you'd—you'd wipe that cup where you sip. Then you'd pass it to the next person. Well, symbolically. That means everything is fine with the church. We're all in fellowship. We're eating from the common bread and from the common cup, drinking from the common cup. And so we need to remember that participation of the congregation is eating the common loaf uh, and drinking from the common cup. And all of that pointed to unity of the church. My goodness, we need to be in unity by all means every Sunday. But when we sit at the Lord's table... And we need to be in unity. Everyone needs to be in love with each other. So the point is, the common loaf, the common cup, uh, in our past history is just symbolic of unity in the, in the body. And so there's the aspect of the Lord's Supper. Offering, thanksgiving, participation, and unity. And then third, let me mention this. There's a proclamation. Look at verse 26. For often as you eat this bread, drink this cup, you do show... The Lord's death till He come. Uh, I was telling Kyle, uh, texting him my sermon title, and and my sermon title originally was, uh, originally it was the Lord's Supper, uh, preaching your sermon, and then uh, I got to listening to the song that we heard this morning and preparing for worship. Remember and proclaim the word. Show there means to preach, it means to proclaim, it means to tell again, it means to declare. And so what happens at the Lord's Supper, every time we come together to share the Lord's Supper, uh, for worship, gather around the Lord's table, take the bread, take the cup, uh, that preaches a sermon. And that sermon is simply is that Christ is the Savior for the world. Christ died on the cross for the world. And so today, when you take the come when you take the cup and the element, the bread, with then that's, that's preaching a sermon. I believe with all my heart that Christ died for me and he died for the world. And so today, he says here that when we come together, that we we preach a sermon. We proclaim verse 26. <clears throat> he says, uh, he said, verse 26, for as often as you eat the bread, drink the cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. You proclaim it till he comes. And then there's something, you know, there's something else there. Not only is there a proclamation, but there's expectation, and you see the expectation. The expectation is what? He's coming again. We're going to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so Christ left. He said he'd be back. And we're waiting for him to come back. And until that time, we're going to we're going to observe the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. Now, when he comes back, that ends the Lord's Supper. We won't be we won't be taking the Lord's Supper here. It's it's not uh, uh, you know it's, it's it ends after he comes back. You know we're gonna we're gonna eat uh, the marriage supper of the lamb when we get to heaven. And so, no use for the Lord's Supper after he comes back you say well brother sammy uh, why is that well uh the lord's supper is just being re, being observed right now because he's not here it's kind of like having a picture you know and and it's a picture of the lord jesus and he's not here and so when he comes back in person we don't need the picture anymore it's, it's better to have them in person and so we look forward to that day that the Lord Jesus comes back and and the symbol is no longer needed because we have him in person. And so that's what we're looking forward to. So the person is more important than just the symbol. And so today, as we partake of the Lord's Supper, the Bible tells us we need to examine ourselves. Notice what he says. Let me go ahead and look at verse 28. He says, but let a man examine himself. Let a man... let." Man or woman, examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Examine yourself. That literally means to put yourself on a trial. You're judging yourself. Nobody else is going to be judging you, but you judge yourself. Judge yourself. Um, You judge yourself. you, You examine your life. You look at your life. You look at those things in your life that's not acceptable to the Lord. You make judgment on yourself. Examine yourself. Then you confess what you find there that's not pleasing to the Lord. You repent of that. And then you you approach the table in a worthy manner. Notice what he says in verse 29. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily. Now we're all sinners. Uh, there was there was this lady I heard preacher sharing a story one time about this lady. My father had a person in the church that he pastored years ago. And, uh, and this deacon wouldn't take the Lord's Supper. He said, I'm not worthy to take it. This lady at this other church said, I'm not worthy to take it. And so uh, after church, she went up and the pastor asked her about it. And she said, I'm not worthy to take it. And he said, well, take it. It's for sinners. And that's what we all are. But it's not talking about whether we're worthy or not. Well, it's talking about in the manner that we take it. If your heart's not right with the Lord, that's not a worthy way to take the Lord's Supper. And you need to examine yourself and make sure things are right between you and the Lord before you partake of the Lord's Supper. Not only Him, but also each other. That's where the unity comes in. For he that drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation. That don't mean you're going to lose your salvation. better word translated here is judgment. And so if you eat it and drink it, and, and, and you're not in the right relationship that you need to be with the Lord, He's going to judge you for that. And he judged the people at car rent. He does does it uh, uh, physically. If you'll notice in the next verse, for this cause, the cause being you've taken it in an unworthy manner, for this cause, many are weak. That's a physical way that God deals with us. Many are weak. Some are sickly among you. And then he says, many have what? Many sleep, that means that some have even died because they hardened their heart and they refused to repent, but yet they kept coming and partaking of the Lord's Supper in a very unworthy way. So when you persist in disobedience, that's kind of dangerous stuff. He'll make you sick, he'll make you weak, he'll make you sick, and he even can take you out of this old world. And so it's very very serious when we come to the Lord's table that we don't do it just out of habit, but we do it and think and remember what he did for us, what he's done for us and the eternal life that we have through him, and then examine our life, judge ourselves, see if anything in our life is, not, is, is in disobedience to what it should be. And so then we repent, we confess it, we repent, and we come in the good graces of God, and we come to the Lord's table in the way that he wants us to. Today, we need to remember... And then we're fixing to proclaim, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for a time that we've had to come into your presence. Lord, just to open the scripture and, and think about the Lord's Supper this morning. Father, we pray that you'll begin to speak to each person that's here. Thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord. Thank you, God, for loving us and sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for us, that through him we might have eternal life. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name, amen.